The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today we are joined by luxury real estate agent and founder, CEO of The Agency, a billion dollar real estate brokerage, Mauricio Umansky. Throughout his career, Mauricio has represented some of the world's most noteworthy properties, including, guys, literally, Buckle up for this list. It's the Playboy Mansion, the Walt Disney Estate, residence owned by the one and only Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, Prince, Lady Gaga, and the first house in LA to sell above the $100 million mark. With a strong reputation in the industry and being featured on shows like The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the agency has grown to over 50 offices and nearly 1,000 agents across North America, and recently started their own reality luxury real estate show called Buying Beverly Hills, which premiered in November. Today, we're going to go into a deep dive of the luxury real estate world, the various other business ventures Mauricio is involved with, and how life has changed after joining the reality TV world. Mauricio, thank you so much for being here today. We are so excited to have you. Jason, it's a pleasure to be here. And with that introduction, I'm feeling really good about myself right now. <laughs> good. Well, you, well, you should. I mean, you read that. I mean, the introduction's unbelievable just based on what you've done and the numbers of just the things that you've done are just crazy. And I'm looking at another number right now, 16 billion in sales in 2021. Is 16 billion the largest revenue generation you've ever had in the in the luxury real estate space? Yeah, you know, that, you know in, re- in residential real estate, that's kind of a, a number that just sounds a lot bigger. Because the way that we measure is how much sales, you know, uh, total volume we've sold, you know. But at the end of the day, what we really measure is how much commissions we've made, right? I, so I, I love that. Yeah, that's the large number. And then uh, I mean, with a large number that high, if you're making a percentage of that, it's still pretty damn good. It's not bad. But uh, the other thing I can tell you is listening to is just uh, I, I realize how fast we're uh, we're growing and we're opening up shops right now. We're opening up two shops a week, and we're actually up to 65 offices right now in seven countries, and it's. Uh, we're up to 1,600 agents, so it's just an absolute crazy growth. It's uh, we can't even keep up with our own uh, numbers. Two shops a week. You're yeah. having two offices a week. That is wild. Did you ever when I, when you see when you hear these numbers, 16 billion? You've sold the largest, you know, the first ever 100 million plus, seven different countries. Was this all in the vision, or when you hear these numbers, are you like? Damn, that happened faster than I expected. <laughs> so it, it's definitely happened faster than I expected, but I can tell you that it was definitely part of the vision. Okay. And, you know, even when we started the company 11 years ago, we planned on doing everything that we are doing. I manifested it. I made sure it happened. Every move was meant to happen. The, the business plan, I'm, I'm also very happy to uh, and proud to say that our, we did a five-year performa, uh, five-year projections business plan mm-hmm. when we started the agency. And uh, through those five years, it was unbelievable. We were literally hitting the numbers within like three, four percent every single year. It was just one of those things that we would look back at the uh, business plan and we were like, how, how do we keep like, how do we project five years out and actually hit that? We you are know? magicians. It's, it's amazing. It was just one of those incredible things, but uh, really proud to say that that happened. Okay. So many people, especially now, you see in a probably oversaturated market of real estate agents. And there are so many people that are trying to create their own brokerages and open up new shops. And some of them do okay. Some of them start and fail. But no one is moving at the speed you're moving. What has differentiated you to do what you've done in a market in which so many people are doing it? 
Yeah, I think, you know, when I started in the business, uh, um, I started selling real estate 26 years ago. And uh, I always took advantage of recessions. I always say that I actually made my moves and my money during the recession. I capitalized during the growth periods. And that's when I actually put the money in the bank account. But during the recession was when I made the moves. That's when I gained market share. That's when I made acquisitions. Like I remember the first time, you, well, first of all, let me just go way back to, to the beginning if you don't mind for one second. Of but, course. Uh, Back in the day when I started selling real estate, uh, I remember I did my first deal. Uh, uh, year one, I made $183,000. And I looked at myself and I said, I'm never going to have a lesser year the, 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 the next year than the previous year. And that was just one of those things that I just made a promise to myself. You know, then I started saying, okay, I need to do one deal a month. And if I do one deal a month, I can, I can survive. I can start paying for my family, for you know, food, for rent, for all of those type of things. Um, and then from one deal a month, you know, then I grew that to two deals a month. And then I grew, you know, I just kept always pushing and pushing and growing. I started at the end of one recession. So that was first. I'm now entering the fourth. I'm calling it a recession. Some people call it a regression. Mm -hmm. uh, some people aren't willing to admit it's going to be a recession yet. But, uh, you know, let, let's see what that really looks like. But going into my second one was was really a critical point. I remember going into that second recession and I remember, you know, a lesson that my grandfather always taught me, which was uh, when every, you know, when everybody's buying, you sell, yeah. when everybody's selling, you buy, right? And try, don't be the smartest guy in the room. You don't need to sell at the highest point. You don't need to buy at the lowest point. Just buy low, sell high, right? simple end of story. So we go into the recession, everybody's pulling back and I'm just pulling my hair and I'm like, oh man, if I just had some money right now where I could buy condos, where I could buy multifamily, I would be like, I would be so happy and I just don't have any money. I don't have borrowing power. I don't have any of that. But I did have, funny enough, I'm, I'm opening up the LA Times and at that time, believe it or not, the real estate industry was still very much paper driven. Okay. And so we actually looked at the LA Times. <laughs> and we actually flipped the pages <laughs> yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, that doesn't happen today. Today's a different world. But I opened up the LA Times and I realized that the LA Times went from 80 pages, 100 pages to like six pages. Okay. And I said, well, I don't have any money to buy real estate right now, but I can buy the LA Times. And so I called up the LA Times and I made a contract for a year and I bought like 10 pages. I cut a, re I cut a really good deal. I don't even remember, but I cut a really good deal for the one year okay. uh, thing. And so all of a sudden you started opening up the LA Times and it looked like I was the only guy doing business while everybody else was doing nothing. I was sitting there doing business, right? And so the perception became, well, if I want to sell my house, I got to call Mauricio. Yeah. Who is this guy, Mauricio, <laughs> right? Like, nobody really knew me at that time. But that grew, that grew. I gained a tremendous amount of market share. I had an amazing year. I decided to submit my numbers into the Wall Street Journal, Real Trends numbers that measures, you know, at what level you are in terms of the realtor, you know, in on, on a national basis in the entire country. And much to my surprise, it came back that I was number one in the country, uh, excuse me, number one in California and number seven in the country. And so that's when I made that kind of that big push, right? And then I just continued and I just continued. And then I, then I wanted to be number one, right? And uh, I never got to number one. I got to number three in the country. I got to number, I was number one in California for many, many years, but I got to number three in the country. And then I said, well, I want to, what I'm doing and what I've done, it's teachable and it's repeatable, right? Which is what's important, you know, for your podcast. It's like, what can I teach? What can I repeat? And it's systems that actually work and it's people that can actually make a lot of money. It's not a, a, a me secret. It's not, it's not something that is only, you know, to me that I can make something, right? So that's when I decided to um, change my mentality and say, okay, I'm done chasing number one. I now want to build a brokerage. 
Okay. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of building my own business, building the agency, building the brokerage. And, and it was just a lot of fun, you know, doing that. And I remember picking up the phone and I called up uh, the number one real estate agent. His name is Ben Caballero. He's out of Texas. He's been the number one real estate agent in forever. You just can't beat him. He's unbelievable. And I picked up the phone and I called him and I said, uh, hey, Ben, it's uh, Mauricio. He goes, you know, who are you? And I go, uh, I'm just the guy that just wants to talk to the number one guy. I've been chasing you for years. I'm never going to catch you. I'm done chasing you, but I just wanted to say hi to you. What did he say back? (laughs) He was laughing. He was laughing. He loves to tell the story now because... I was going to say, Ben certainly knows who Mauricio is today. Ben knows who Mauricio is today. Yeah. But uh, it was just one of those great moments where I just... uh, He's like, who the heck are you, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a million questions about all the stuff you just said. I think it's so cool how you differentiated what you did, and even submitting your numbers to the Wall Street Journal. That whole and it, uh, that whole process in itself fascinates me. But I want to get back to you said the first year that you were in uh, real estate, 183k. That's how much it was. Did you have any type of? Because a lot of people say that people in real estate they must have had a mom or dad or a cousin or sister they're in real estate, so they helped them out. Did you have any type of background that helped launch that quickly for year one? Well. One of the key things is that you need to have a good sphere of influence. And I did grow up in Los Angeles. I went to schools in Los Angeles. I, I knew a lot of friends. So I, had a, I have a lot of friends. I have a big sphere of influence. I had a lot of people to call. Uh, funny enough, one of my first clients was actually my wife's ex-husband. Okay. Um, and I think he did my second deal. My first client was my doctor. And he gave me an opportunity to sell his condo on the Wilshire Corridor. My wife's ex-husband gave me an opportunity to sell his condo, his, his house uh, in Brentwood. But you really have to start working your sphere of influence. It's so difficult. You know, these shows have glamorized real estate, mm-hmm. uh, million-dollar listing, buying Beverly Hills, selling Sunset. Uh, they've glamorized real estate. And a lot of people enter into the real estate and they want to get into real estate brokerage and they just think it's going to be easy. You snap your fingers and uh, you make a sale, mm-hmm. right? It's not easy. And one of the things that I tell everybody getting into real estate is you need to have either a second job, a rich parent, <laughs> right? Uh, or some money in the bank. Because the reality is, and I've noticed this, it takes people about 18 months okay. to actually start being able to sustain themselves through their career. And it's 18 months of hard work, uh, building your brand, getting people to believe that you're actually in the business because it's not easy to get the business. There's so many sharks out there. There's so many amazing real estate agents out there. And, uh, and you know, for most people, for most consumers, their house is probably the most important asset they have. Yep. And so they're not going to give it just to anybody, right? Yep. And so you got to build that reputation, that brand. And so one of the things that I can tell you, that, you know, if you're a new real estate agent wanting to get into the business that a lot of people have been doing is about five years ago, the team concept started to happen, right? Now we have teams, we have mega teams, we have all kinds of sales uh, teams. And what they do is they have the ability to deliver leads. And so, you know, a really way, good way to start is to go find yourself a team that can deliver leads to you because the hardest thing to get is, is the lead. You're going to pay uh, a large percentage of your commission to the brokerage house, to the team, but you're going to gain validity. Mm-hmm. You're going to gain uh, experience. And as you do that, and as you build yourself, now you have the opportunity to start, you know, you're in the business and now you can start, you know, building your own business, building your own brand, getting people to believe that you are an expert in your industry. I think that's really good advice. What year was that? Your first year you made the hundred. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to 
think I think it was somewhere around 1996 or 1997. Okay, 1996. Let's call it 1996, <laughs> 1997. Before, so then 11 years you were on your own before you started your own brokerage. Is that what you said? Yeah, plus or minus, I guess. And then okay. I, I mean, and, and, and my, our brokerage has been around now for 11 years. So uh, probably on my own a little longer than that. Okay, probably a little about longer 15 than that. years, yeah. You made the gold yourself. I'm making 183K. I'm going to do whatever it takes to not make anything but that moving forward. What was your income like in those years moving forward? Like when you think about like your, your I don't know, like on average and like your height, doing it by yourself, no one else, not the 65 different offices. What did it look like? Yeah, my goal was always to reach a million dollars. Okay. Um, and to me, a million dollars like gave me a good lifestyle. Like that was my, you know, dream. Mm -hmm. I reached a million dollars of, of revenue probably about 10, about 10 years into my career. And once I hit a million dollars, it's kind of funny. Once you start, once you start hitting certain numbers, it actually starts becoming easier to get business, right? Why? It's getting that. Well, as I said, you now have a brand and the reputation. The reputation. Yep. You're selling. You've got signs all over the city. Your sphere of influence. Open house all over the city. Clientele starts repeating clientele. They start referring business. Uh, client, you know. Consumers want to go with the person that's selling, mm -hmm. right? So it's all of a sudden it just starts parlaying on itself and it starts snowballing relatively fast. Okay, but how do you go from the 183K to the million, which is unbelievable, right? Especially in 2007-ish, a million then is like, you know, 1.5 now, all great. But how do you take that next level where all of a sudden you're repping Michael Jackson and Prince and Lady Gaga? How do you even crack into that stratosphere? Well, that's a great question. Uh, one of the things that, I always did is I, I had a, uh, I'll tell a great story. I had a uh, client who actually gave me my first job. His name was George Santo Pietro. He used to be married to Vanna White. Mm -hmm. uh, he was married to Linda Evans before that. He gave me my first job delivering pizzas when I was actually 15 years old. He didn't know I was 15. He thought I was 16. Uh, <laughs> he thought it was legal. <laughs> he thought it was legal. I, 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 I'm not sure if he knows that yet, um, but now he does. And, uh, and he gave me my first job, and I stayed in touch with him. I delivered pizzas for him. He owned restaurants. I then uh, worked for him as a uh, on the summers as a uh, busboy, as a waiter. I did all, I did all kinds of different things just to you know in the, in the summers just to make some money. But when I got into real estate, I picked up the phone and I called him for advice. I called everybody that I knew you know for different advice. And one of the things he told me. There was two lessons, one of the th lesson from him and another lesson from somebody else. But what George told me, he says, you know, the, the amount of work you do for a $1 million house is the same amount of work that you do for a $10 million house. It just happens to have a couple of extra zeros in it, mm. right? And your commissions are going to have a couple of extra zeros. And so... I kind of just always started chasing the luxury. I never said I'm going to work my way up. When I was selling textiles and I was selling clothing, I started a clothing line with my father back in 1992-ish, plus or minus 94. And I had a sales rep that also taught me a really good lesson. You know, I really wanted, back in the day, believe it or not, the best department store to sell was JCPenney. Okay, that was that. We, we don't even know what JC Penney yeah, is anymore, say, right? Like, what, what is JC Penney, right? <laughs> but that was the best department store to sell. Yeah. And in order to sell JC Penney, you had to have a vendor number. Okay. Otherwise, they didn't let you in there. Gotcha. And uh, the salesperson said to me, he goes, Mauricio, if you want to get something done, you start from God and you work your way down. Okay, don't work your way up. Most people. They call the receptionist, they call the assistant, they call somebody and they say, hey, can you get me in? And et cetera, et cetera. He told me that. I picked up the phone. I called the CEO of JCPenney, the largest company in the country at the time, uh, a, a fashion company. Yeah. And I uh, picked up the phone. I got him on the phone and I said, hey, I'm Mauricio. I've got this line. It's crushing it. 
in the, all the local boutiques. I really want to come down. I want to fly down. I want to see you. He gave me an appointment. I flew down. I went to go see him. I showed him my line. He loved my line. He said, wait for me. I waited for about three or four hours. He organized a meeting with all of the buyers. I got a vendor number on the spot. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was selling JCPenney. That's, un- right? that's an unbelievable so I my story. Way from God down. Yeah. Right? And so that, I did the same thing with, with, with real estate. I never said I got to sell a $500,000 house in order to sell a million dollar house. I have to sell a $2 million house in order to sell a $5 million house. I just always went right in and I just chased the luxury. I chased the 10s. At that time, a 10 was the big number. Sure, yeah. Today, we've got 20s and 50s and 100s and all that kind of stuff and the money's changed but back when i started 10 million was that the number was like that was the the big you know that was the hundred million dollar number yeah okay <laughs> so people are going to hear that story and i know what the, the jaws dropped They're like holy shit that's unbelievable unbelievable how do i and the next thing you're going to say is how do i replicate it and they're listening to your story and they're going to be going through the little steps and the first step you said i called the they're going to get lost right there i called the ceo of jc penny okay how do you do that how did you get the like? What is your process to getting a hold of the CEO at JCPenney? What is your process of getting hold to Lady Gaga or Michael Jackson or Prince, the people that are the hardest people in the world to get a hold to because the whole world is trying to get a hold of them? Yeah, well, the <laughs> that, that that's kind of the hard part, right? Is like how do you position yourself to be to be there? Sure. And uh, different stories. Obviously, getting the phone number for the CEO of JCPenney wasn't hard. We back in those days, we used to have books of all of the vendors and it listed everybody's phone number. I don't even remember if we had emails back then, but uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, but uh, it listed everybody's phone number, and it literally was just there, and it was listed, and it said the name, and I just, I, I literally just picked up the phone and called, and I called, and I called, and I called until I finally got the, uh, I, until I finally got him on the phone, and I got the appointment. Uh, <laughs> in reference to to real estate, uh, again, I grew up here in Los Angeles. I've had a really good sphere of influence. I've had some really good friends. I got my first opportunity and my first start from one of my best friends who was developing a house in Beverly Park. Beverly Park is an amazing neighborhood in Los Angeles, and he gave me a shot. He gave me a shot as a co-listing agent, and together, my co-listing agent was one of the best real estate agents in the city at the time. And she was upset that you know, this rookie was going to get in on the deal and I wasn't going to do anything and I wasn't, you know, and she was going to do all the work and she was going to have to split her commission with me. And I went in there and I worked my ass off. And, and, and rather than her being upset about me not doing anything, I actually did everything. I held the house open. I did everything and I, I crushed it and I actually sold the house. Hmm. And so it was all of a sudden it was me You're that was sharing You're my commission yeah. you know, with her, which I was never pissed because it gave me a shot, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was in a neighborhood where the rich and wealthy were looking. Yeah. And then it just becomes of, you know, I always tell people that once you're in front of somebody, that's your opportunity, that's your appointment. Mm-hmm. One of the things that everybody thinks about is that they go and they cold call. They get somebody on the phone. Cold calling's great, but they get somebody on the phone and they're what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish is get a meeting with the person on the phone. And what I tell my real estate agents and everybody that works for me is once you get them on the phone, that's your meeting. That's a meeting. Like, be prepared for that meeting. Don't go into that phone call and not be prepared. There was a real estate agent that worked for us, was about to quit, really literally about to quit. Came in so frustrated. He goes, Mauricio, I've been doing this for two years. I'm about, I, I'm done, I cannot do good. And I said to him, I go, what are you doing? I go, what do you do to get your leads? What's going on? You're a great person, you're a great salesperson. Like, why are you not selling? And he, he says to me, he says, you know, I make something like 30 calls, 30 cold calls a day, 150 calls a, uh, a week. I go, what do you do on those calls? He goes, well, I, I just, I, I'm just rolling them, I'm rolling them, and I'm trying to get an appointment. 
I go, okay, do you know anything about the house or anything about the person that you're calling when you call, or are you just rolling so many calls that you just don't even have time? He mm-hmm. goes, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just rolling so many calls that I don't even have time. So I said, I want you to do me a favor. I go, before you quit real estate, I want you to take that down and I want you to make six calls a day. Mm-hmm. Not 30 calls a day, but on those six calls, I want you to know what house you're calling. I want you to have an opinion on the house. Go drive by it, understand the neighborhood, understand the street, understand how it was marketed before, look at the photos, have an opinion on how the previous agent marketed the house. Now you're lucky enough to have social media. Go on LinkedIn, go on Facebook, go on uh, Instagram and learn something about the client you're calling. And rather than making 30 calls, be prepared for when that person answers the call to have knowledge and have an opinion, and that's your appointment. I said, do that for 30 days. If in 30 days you don't get any success, quit. (laughs) Came back to me 30 days, he goes, Mauricio, I've got three listings, I have one in escrow, and today uh, this gentleman is uh, probably making close to a million dollars a year. Wow, Um, interesting. You just gotta be prepared for every situation. And so, going back to your question, I built my career on open houses. And I held houses open Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. That's what we do in real estate. Tuesday in Los Angeles is the day that uh, we, we, we broker to our own, our, our own agents. Okay. But on Saturday and Sunday, I held open. Most people only did Sunday. I did Saturday and Sunday. I would hold the open house. And I wouldn't just, you know, I, I would walk into open houses and the real estate agent was sitting on, on the sofa reading a book sign-in sheets at the kitchen, let me know if you have any questions. I would walk into another open house and it was a Sunday and they were watching NFL football. Let me know if you have any questions, right? And so I went, when I was sitting in an open house, I was present. I was at the front door. I knew all the inventory. I had books on all the inventory. I got to know the people. I memorized everybody's name. So they came back a week later to to another house. And when they were walking in, I would call them by their name. John, Mary, Joe, they, they were so impressed that I remembered their name from the previous week, right? Yeah. And that I was paying attention and my, comp- my competition was watching the game, yeah. right? So it's like you, all of a sudden you stand out. And when you're holding these big open houses, $5 million, $7 million, $10 million, the people that walk through them, even on a, on a Sunday, are wealthy, important people. Sure. Okay. So now if you start doing that and, and, and you start showing them knowledge, you now become valuable to them. If you can become valuable to them and you have something of value, they now want to use you as your real estate agent, right? So all of a sudden you get the one celebrity client and then you get the second celebrity client and now you're in the game and now the business manager starts referring you business because why? Because you crushed it for the business manager. You made the business manager look good. And the only thing the business manager wants to do is that when they refer somebody, one of their clients to you, they want to make sure they look good. Like that's all they care about. Don't screw up and you made them look good for the referral. If you make them look good, you look good. You're going to win business forever and ever. So that parlays into just a whole bunch of different things and, 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 and fun stuff. Lady Gaga is a great story. Michael Jackson's a great story. Michael Jackson actually grew up with my wife. Uh, Michael Jackson taught my wife how to moonwalk on uh, on a pool table down in Encino when they were kids. That's so cool. Um, so, you know, there was a little bit of family connection with, 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 with Michael. But Lady Gaga was a fan of Kyle's of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She asked uh, Kyle to do a, uh, a music video. She did a music video up at Hearst Castle. We were going to Vegas. Lady Gaga was doing a concert. Kyle reached out and said, hey, we're gonna be in Vegas. Can we go to the concert? Uh, we went to the concert. At, right before the end of the concert, 
uh, Lady Gaga's uh, people grabbed us and they took us into the dressing room. We went into the dressing room and uh, Lady Gaga turns to me and she was all, she already knew I was in real estate. Like okay. she was clearly like knowledgeable. She's like, "So Mauricio, I love real estate. I've never bought anything in my life. Like talk to me." And I'm like, "Well, what do you mean you've never bought anything? Like you're Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, like, yeah. What are you talking about? Right? And I'm in the dressing room. She's like sweaty. She's coming off stage, and she goes, "Yeah, I'm going to be in Los Angeles." I, I go, "Well, what do you want to buy?" Yeah, and she describes it. You know what she wants to buy. She goes, "I don't want. I I, I want. I want paparazzi proof. I want uh, you know chickens, horses, pigs. You know, I want a farm. Right? Um, love to be near the ocean, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And I literally say to her, "I say I only know one house for you," and I grab my phone, I pull up the house, I show it to her, never asked her what price she wanted to pay, I never asked her what budget she was at, I just said, I know the house that you're describing. Mm -hmm. She starts flipping through the, the photos, and uh, she goes, huh, this thing's good. She goes, I'm going to be in Los Angeles tomorrow, do you think we can go see it? And I said, uh, well, I'm leaving to Europe tomorrow, uh, um, but I've got your back, I'll have you picked up, let me call the agent, let me take you there. She went there, fell in love with the house, and bought the house. Stop! That quick, like that just quick. come on. That quick. Holy so I smokes. always say to everybody in the business that selling and selling real estate is really about matchmaking. Yeah. And so I go back to being prepared. When you're prepared and you know your market and you know your inventory and you know what's selling and you know what's off the market and you know everything, when you're in front of somebody, you can create it. What most real estate agents do and that's the reason they don't, they're not as successful in any field, is they say, let me get your email, let me do some research, and let me email you some listings. You've already lost me. I, you know, you bye get, bye. Right? You know how many, <laughs> I can look right now, 63,891 emails. Like, there's so many emails, like, gone. My attention's gone. And, and, and you didn't bring value. Yep, You're exactly. just like any other person that's willing to, you know, my, my first ad in real estate, my first, I didn't have anything to advertise. I didn't have a house. I didn't have anything. I grabbed my shoe. I put it on the newspaper. I took out a full page ad and it was the bottom of my shoe. And I said, the mark of a great real estate agent. And it was literally my shoe print. Okay. And I said, it's not somebody that can just manipulate a mouse and send you listings. It's somebody that can read between the lines, listen to you and matchmake. Oh, and I got that. one call. I got a call. I got a listing. I sold it. Okay. All of a sudden I had a listing to to show, to, 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 to advertise, yep. no longer my shoe print, right? <laughs> so it's all about just being the most knowledgeable, bringing value in any industry that you're in. You need to know your industry like the back of your hand. Like it's just, that's the most important thing. And even in that example, if you did not have that listing ready to go and you said, Lady Gaga, I'll, I'll send you a listing or I'll send it to your manager, no shot you get the deal, right? There's Never just, get the deal. You're going to Europe, she's got her next deal. I mean, and but for you to know that right off the top of your head, that's not being like a, you're not, it's just not pushing papers or checking the box. You have to really be ingrained to be able to instantly listen to someone and connect and move and show on the spot. That's a master of their work. It's matchmaking. Yeah. That's really what you're doing. I always tell everybody in real estate, what you're doing is matchmaking. Yeah. And the more inventory you have in your head, yep. and the better you are at listening, yep. you're going to be able to, to, to process it and matchmake the deal. Brilliant. I got a million more questions for you, <laughs> but before I pass on the Lady Gaga thing, you said something. I know people at home are probably like, huh? She said paparazzi proof. So obviously that's so paparazzi can't get in the house. But what what is like 
a home that is paparazzi proof what does that mean well it really just means that a paparazzi can't take a photo of your backyard from anywhere in the house so there's right? like you've gates, got some privacy space. you've got okay. gates okay. you got like, like got you know nobody you know these celebrities they don't want to be walking around in their pool and get sniped and by get someone. sniped yeah, yeah, right yeah, like totally i mean nobody that. wants that yeah. so that that's to me that that's paparazzi and you're proof. probably you probably know paparazzi <laughs> proof all day in and out with the people you're working how dare me saying how does mauricio differentiate because the answer is every fucking thing he does <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this. You said something about recessions that I think was really important. That's where you made your money. That's where you got aggressive. That's where you were taught to get aggressive. Uh, again, you alluded to the fact today, well, you know, recession, not recession, we're in a bad spot. Call it whatever the hell you want. Uh, you know, by definition. We're calling it a regression right now. A regression. Now, so we're, not, we're, not, we're not in a recession yet, yeah. but it's a regression for now. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the people want to call it, it's not pretty, right? It's not good. What type of, so people at home, at home and a lot of listeners here, right? They're not selling or buying a $10 million home, but they're, they have real estate. What is your play right now, given the recession? Do you get aggressive? Do you make plays? Do you, do you step into the buying power you might have, like you said, one day you didn't? What's your tips and tricks for those people. I think there's starting to be some really great buying opportunities. Uh, me, myself, individually, apart from being a broker, uh, as an individual, I'm starting to look at some more buying opportunities. So I'm starting to get excited about that, despite the fact that the interest rates are high right now. Uh, you know, one of the things that you have to understand about interest rates is that they might be high, but when they go down, you can refinance, right? right? So to me, it's more about the buy than it is about the interest rate right now. If it goes down in six months, I refinance in six months. If it goes down in two years, I refinance in two years. It, it's, 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 it's relatively unimportant as long as I can afford the payment. Sure, right? sure. Or the investment property I'm buying can cover the payment. Got it. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. So I'm really looking at you know opportunistic deals. Right now, there's a lot of people hurting, and there's great opportunities to start you know becoming a buyer again. Okay. Uh, if you have cash in the bank, uh, and you want to be an investor and you want to buy real estate, uh, right now is a good time. If you just want to buy your house, uh, right now is a good time. There's actually some choices, right? Uh, for the past three years, you you know you try to buy a house and you were in a uh, battle with you know fifty five people, people yeah, 50. thirty people, yeah. five people, whatever that looks like. You know, it depends. You saw in Beverly Hills, we have one scene where we put a property on the market. We had twenty four offers on it or twenty two offers on it. And uh, Beverly Hills, you know, I think it was a six and a half million dollar house. So those are big numbers, right? I mean, we're not talking about the fifties and the hundreds. The, uh, right now, there's opportunities to go and buy your dream home, and a lot of people are scared again because of the interest rates but you're buying a long-term home and it is your dream home don't be scared again don't overextend where you can't afford it and you lose it yeah um but you can always refinance out to a better interest rate okay that's a good point those interest rates right 30-year mortgage and you're still looking at what's going to happen six months and we don't know so you can refinance one thing you said and i'm glad you said it, he said if you're sitting on cash i talk to a lot of people they are sitting on cash they don't know what to do they put it in the market they're getting their ass kicked they keep it in cash they're losing for inflation you also mentioned the fact that you didn't we already talked about it. you didn't have the buying power early on your days that you wish you did if someone does have cash and they do have some buying power, are you saying right now, get that money in some form of real estate, commercial, residential? I think real estate is a great hedge against inflation. It always has been. It's going back to the basics and there's some good buying opportunities. So it's really just about searching, getting yourself a good 
advisor, a good real estate agent. Yep. The problem is it's not easy to find a good real estate agent because a lot of real estate agents, they just care about their commission. So they're actually not advising you properly. And so you got to get yourself a good advisor. I call, I, you know, I, I call ourselves real estate advisors, not real estate agents, because that's, that's really the key. So get yourself a good advisor, find some good property, fix something up. You know, right now, we believe that uh, for argument's sakes, that the markets will start getting better. Uh, there's a lot of people that think that the, that the housing market will improve uh, Q4 of 2023. There's a lot of people that, might, that think it might take, you know, into like mid, mid of 2024. We don't have a crystal ball, but somewhere around there, it's going to start improving. History has always said that. Yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. It, that, that it, it is what itself. it is, right? We all know that it's going to improve. Right. Okay. Yep. So you got to buy when it's down. And, you know, if you're buying a spec house... Uh, something that you're going to remodel, something you're going to do something with like that, it's going to take you 12 to 18 months to get it back on the market. Yeah, You're going to buy it today. you got to fix it up. you got to build it from scratch. It might take you 24 to 36 months. So you're actually going to be putting it back into the market when the market's improving. Right. If you happen to be done with the house before the market's improving, you can lease it out yeah. and wait it out. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so that's a good point. There's some good buying opportunities right now, and it's it, it's starting. So I I think there's going to be good buying opportunities now for the next uh, six seven months. There's going to be some great buying opportunities. Okay. There you go. Next six to seven months. That's coming from the expert with 65 offices in seven different countries. All right. Let's go about this negotiating fees. You got a you got a shark. A lot of people you're working with are sharks. If they can afford a 25 plus million dollar home, I'm at least assuming they're a shark. Are they ever trying to negotiate your fee? And if so, how do you personally? handle that yeah you know uh i i don't negotiate fees period end of story if you want to hire you know my, my my knee was hurting the other day i needed a surgery and uh, i looked for the best doctor i didn't look for my discount doctor okay <laughs> i didn't go on online and say you know which doctor can repair my knee for the least amount of money uh, i actually went and looked for the best darn doctor on the planet okay and my knee's pretty darn good right now i'm really glad i did that i can tell you i've been on the opposite side of multiple discount brokers and i can tell you that every a hundred percent of the times every single time the buyer or the seller that was represented by the discount broker got screwed Interesting. I won the deal and I made my client <laughs> a lot more money than saving one or 2%. So there's nothing you like more than going up against a discount broker. It's not that I like it. It's just that they just don't, you, 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 they just don't know the business and yeah. they don't understand it. They don't ask for the right things. They don't, uh, they don't protect their client properly. They're literally there just to push paper. And the client doesn't really care because all the client cares about is a discount. So it's actually looking at the wrong perception. It's like, do you care about the dollars in your pocket or do you care about the discount? Interesting, okay. That's, that's good advice from Mauricio Mauricio. I got to ask you this before we move on to some of your other projects. The number, the, the biggest deal you've ever done and the dollars that came in from it. What is the largest piece of real estate you ever sold and would you make off that? Well, I sold two properties in the $130 million range. What does a $130 million <laughs> property look like? Is uh, it a castle? They're, they're <laughs> big. They're awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've got NDAs. Okay, and, sure, uh, sure. So I can't tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, 
you know, you do the calculations. It's uh, I don't discount my commissions. I can tell you that the uh, when you get into those numbers, the, the non-discounted commission's around 4%. You're usually sharing it with the other side. Got it. So you, you do the numbers. You do the math at home, and if you can't do the math, <laughs> we'll do it in the recap. Come find us. We'll be talking about that. All right, you got a new book that's coming out. I think if anybody's listening to this right now, they want more of you. So you're writing a book, The Real Deal. comes out April 11th. You can get it on Amazon, Google Play, etc. Give the people back home a tease as to why they should buy the pre-sale right now. So it's a really exciting book. All these stories that you've hear, uh, you're hearing today, there's so many of them. Uh, and really the way that I approached it is I want to teach people and I want to give lessons to people that I have learned over my life, whether it has to do with my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids as a father, a boss at the agency doing deals. But I do it all through memoirs and through storytelling. So I'll tell you a story about Prince. I'll tell you a story about Michael Jackson. I'll tell you a story about Lady Gaga. I'll tell you a story about Kelsey Grammer. And through those stories that I'm telling you or my experiences, I took something away. I learned something. And that's what I wanted to put into my memoirs and into my book. And so it's really interesting. It's a really good read. I wanted to make it so that it was a read for everybody. Somebody without a high school diploma could actually read it, understand it, take stuff away from it. My goal is if you know, if you can take one important thing away from it and improve your life, I'm a happy man. And if you take three or four, I'm a really happy man. And I think that, that we, we definitely deliver on it. Perfect. There you go. Guys, you've heard the, some of the stories already. The Lady Gaga one sold me. So go get the real deal. April 11th, it comes out, but you can get pre-sale now. But let's transition into buying Beverly Hills, reality TV. If you haven't done enough in your life, which is pretty fucking steep, you then get into reality TV. Buying Beverly Hills premiered uh, in November. You already alluded to a uh, million dollar listing you've mentioned. You've mentioned Selling Sunset in a couple comments. How does this show differentiate from competing shows like Selling Sunset, like Million Dollar Listing? What is different about yeah, it? Yeah, Buying Beverly Hills is currently streaming still on Netflix, so you can watch it on Netflix. Uh, pick that up. But uh, it, the way it differentiates is that, um, well, first of all, Amazing real estate porn, just gorgeous houses. <laughs> we're the first part, we're the first uh, show to put a hundred plus million dollar house on the show. So you're going to see some beautiful design, a beautiful real estate. You're going to see some drama uh, amongst the cast. But the primary thing that I think is the differentiator is that just like the book, there's lessons to learn. So as you're getting entertained, you're also learning things. And one of the things that we do is uh, we follow. Uh, young professionals mm-hmm. and in terms of their growth in, in you know are they going to make it or are they not going to make it at the agency what does it take to make it at the agency what does it take to be the next million dollar agent like what does it take to make a million bucks and we watch them we watch the young professionals succeed we watch them fail we watch their mistakes we learn from their mistakes we learn from their successes uh, we sit there and we teach them so it's 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 uh, it's really exciting it's real you know it's very refreshing one of the best things that happens to me right now is uh, I get stopped on in, in the street or I get you know a comment on Instagram and uh, my favorite thing is like I watch your show so good super entertaining but it really taught me some good lessons and when I hear that I I, I glow that's it that's that's my glow that's my that's my North Star uh, on that and I think there's that opportunity on this show okay pretty cool with that show is that also a pretty material income opportunity or does it not even touch the money that's made in real estate it 
doesn't even touch the money doesn't that's made in real okay. estate. So it's, it's more of a play on education, inspiration, and entertainment, but also, would you say it's a good... It's a marketing play. That's That was my... For yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's an impression marketing play. And have you... It's only... I mean, just premiered in November. You guys go stream it right now. But have you seen any type of like marketing returns on it yet? Have you seen some benefit from that? Without question. I think a lot of people like it. Uh, we're seeing, you know, our, our, we're growing in franchises. The agency sells franchises. And so, uh, you know, I think the show has brought a lot more brand awareness. And I think that we're starting to see, uh, you know, some more franchises sold. People that... Uh, real estate agents... That that have been thinking about working at the agency are now watching and can actually see the culture of the agency, which is something that we always talk about. But talking about it, listening about it, and actually seeing it are two completely different things. And so we've seen a lot of real estate agents uh, want to join the agency. Uh, we don't allow anybody to join. This is not a, a, a big, you know, like, you you know, if you, if you have a pulse, you join. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're very selective. Uh, we're people first. We do our growth through our global partners by people first, not about the market. It's not about, I need to be in Austin. It's like, I found a great person in Austin, and now do I like Austin? Got it. Okay. okay. So it's always people first. And yeah, so I think that that's, you know, kind of the main thing. Pretty cool. All right. Before we get your trading secret, I just want to ask one thing about you had mentioned. Uh, Lady Gaga was a fan of your wife, Kyle Richards, who is a superstar on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's a superstar. You're a star. You guys each have your strengths, but you guys also have both have very, like from what I've seen, very strong personalities, very independently driven. Does that, as far as managing, because I think a lot of people struggle with this when they're in like a power couple, like the just like the intensity of two big personalities that could do two big things. Do you have any like trading secrets for anybody out there how to manage that so it turns into uh, a beautiful team partnership as opposed to two opposing forces? Yeah, my wife is my best friend wow. without question. I, I would not, you know, she she's just, she's been so supportive. She's so amazing. Uh, she was supportive when we started the agency and I left my brother-in-law's uh, company, which was a major, you know, situation, you know, for her and her family. And uh, I think if I can say something is it's um, respect each other and allow each other. You do not, you, you are allowed to live, you live one movie in one, under the roof. You're allowed to live two individual lives, but respect each other. Uh, mm -hmm. My wife and I were never big on, you know, boys trips and girls trips like it was just always about you know being together uh supporting each other we grew together when we started we didn't have any money uh, my wife was clipping coupons uh you know to go to the supermarket like like we literally had to build everything we built you know ourselves and uh and it's just been amazing she's amazing she makes me laugh and and she's just such a wonderful person that is awesome i love it it's a true success story from the bottom to the top so cool to have you here mauricio you gotta leave us with one trading seat Secret, a training secret that, you know, people can't learn in a textbook or Googling or be in a classroom. They could only learn it from you. I know you've dropped a lot of trading secrets, but what's the trading secret you could leave us with? Well, I'm a salesman, and so it's going to have to do with sales. What stops most people from being amazing salesmen is themselves. It's you. It's, it's, it's your own fear of getting rejected. It's picking up that phone call and calling the president of the CEO of JCPenney and him telling you, no, don't come in here. It's fear that gets in the way. Have certainty. Do your thing. You know, amazing mindset is so important. Meditation. Get yourself, you know, properly mindset and get out there and get ready to battle. When you're in sales, you're responsible for your own. You eat what you kill. You're responsible for yourself. Set yourself up. When you're an NFL player, you put on and you're going on to the game and you're ready for Sunday, you put on a uniform, you put on your helmet, you put on your pad, you get ready for the game. When you're in sales, 
And when you're in business, it's your mind. You need to prepare your mind. You need to get over all of your fears. You need to conquer your fears and you need to go after what you want. You need to make that happen. You need to make that vision yourself. I just looked over there because I know right now he's a sales guy. Evans here, you're fired up after that, huh? I'm ready to go run through a freaking wall. Mauricio, it has been such a pleasure to have you guys. I had already mentioned the real deal comes out April 11th. Go buy that on pre-sale. You could go watch Buying Beverly Hills. That's on Netflix. And Mauricio, if people want more of you, where can they find you on social media? M-U-Mansky 18. There you go. M-U-Mansky. Wait, eight, what's the 18? 18. My two daughters are born on the 18th. My first two daughters. And I uh, just became a number. It's uh, I'm Jewish. 18 is high. It's life. It's just the number that follows me around. And it's my number. It's uh, I park somewhere. I get the number 18. I uh, I, I check into a, uh, a hotel room and there's 18 floors somehow or another. I always get the 18th floor. It's just my number. Number 18. So if you guys hear this, go get a lottery <laughs> ticket, play team, roulette play team. Mauricio, thank you for being on this episode of Treg Secrets. Ding, ding, ding. We are closing in the bell to the Mauricio episode. What a legend. I get fired up in his presence. I'll tell you what, David, I kind of wish you were in the room there because Evan was in the room there and Evan was like, wow, I'm ready to go to work after meeting this guy. Just very smart, very tactful. And no matter what you do at home, I don't care what your occupation is. There is something about his, I would say, brand image exposure, diligence, consistency that you can take a small part of and implement in your life. We could always use the tips and we learned in uh, Jason Tell All 2021, you are a man of the people, you do your own taxes. So I know that you only give advice that you use yourself. So we'll all use that over the next few months as it is taxes and people don't stress yourself out like I'm sure I will on April 14th trying to get those taxes in. So uh, <laughs> to bring it back full circle, uh, we're going back to Mauricio and I got to say, this guy, when I'm closing my eyes, listening to the episode, as I always do, and I picture what he looks like because I have no clue what he looks like, he sounded like a grizzly bear. He sounded like a, a, a human form of a grizzly bear talking on you, the mic. Do you still not know what he looks like? I looked after. I always look to see, and he just he commands. What a presence that guy has. He's aggressive. He's smart. He's engaging. He's challenging like a grizzly bear. That's just what I pictured, and it was incredible. It's like a soft grizzly bear. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Because he has the presence of a grizzly bear because he's like a bigger guy and he's just extremely confident when he walks in. Like he's just, you know, he knows he is. But you know how there's some people that are like, they walk in with their confidence. They're like a little arrogant and you're just like, eh, I'm trying to feel him out. He was very soft in that. Like there was zero arrogance, just some confidence. And he was pretty chill. He's like, yeah, sure. Like, like kind of go with the flow, whatever, but like knows the shit. So there, I love that energy. Yes. I hate the energy of like, I'm going to walk in and I'm going to try to act confident, but I'm really going to look uh, insecure or arrogant. Like he just is so good in his own shoes. Good looking dude. I love that he's not like, so, you know, so a lot of these luxury real estate people are extremely overdressed. He mm -hmm. was like, like dressed well, but just kind of chill. Great guy. 10 out of 10. Well, I feel like you're getting pretty deep in the, uh, like reality TV, real estate scene, uh, real housewives scene. I mean, we've had what, three or four real housewives on. We've had Chriselle, we've had Jason Oppenheim. Like we're we're getting pretty deep in the uh, selling sunset um, Beverly Hills re real housewives scene. So you're you're a hot commodity these days.
<laughs> I don't know about that, but actually, we I think we have more to come. We'll have to introduce her if she comes on. We might be having one of the daughters of the Real Housewives uh, working for us at Rewired Talent. So, you wow. know, it's uh, it's all coming together. And maybe one day we too will have an agency like Mauricio putting up $16 billion, growing at two new offices a week. I mean, those seven different countries, those numbers are nothing. And I think it all came from, I'm going to start. I'll make 183k a year and I'll never look back. When you heard some of these numbers and some of the things he's done and some of the people he's even sold homes to, like the Lady Gaga example was crazy. I mean, what are you thinking as a curious Canadian? Do you have any questions? Are you are you thinking like that's the kind of person I want to be? I don't <laughs> understand it. Like what's David saying? Well, I always say this, no matter who we have on or what industry they're in, I always want to be able to take something away. And we're still in January, middle of January. Hopefully our listeners are still, you know, pushing forward in their New Year's resolution. They're still staying on staying on task and 2023 is going to be the best year ever for you. And if it is, and if you want it to be, I don't think that you can listen to this episode and not take away extremely, extremely tangible advice. This guy kind of spelled out through so many different examples of the difference of doing things because you think you need to do it or you think you want to do it or and the difference of actually doing it, being prepared and being efficient on whatever you're attacking. I just love the example that he gave of stop calling 30, 30 places, call six places, and those six places know everything about them. Know the listing, know how they're listed, know how they're viewed, go around the area, go around the property, get to know the person, use your resources on LinkedIn and start a conversation for that instead of calling with nothing to offer with no value. Um, it kind of fired me up in that sense of like, kind of just following through on what it is you think you want to do and really putting all of your your effort and your and your knowledge towards it. You know, I, there's certain guests that, that we have sometimes where I wonder what you're thinking and I wonder what you're taking away and you're able to be in the room with these people and really, you know, understand and see what they're all about. I was really curious in this one, what your overall takeaway was, what no, what, what you left with like one note jotted down that you're going to take with you as well. Yeah. I mean, I think mine is intention. And so like, that's kind of my theme, honestly, for this year too, is everything he does is done with intention and it's well thought out. I think there are so many people, myself included, moving a hundred miles an hour and got to get there, got to go check this box. And what am I going to do today? I'm going to put a list of 15 things out there and I got to make sure they're all done. And he doesn't operate like that. Like when he said, let's not worry about getting 30 calls, right? Like you said, let's get six and let's do them really well. Yeah. I think the best example was when he talked about the Lady Gaga situation. Just he's backstage with her. He has likely 120 seconds to make an impression to convert a sale. And she puts him on the spot. And if he doesn't know his business better than anyone, mm -hmm. if he doesn't do everything with the right intention, there's no way he can come up with the solution the way he did. And if I'm being honest with myself, that's one of my issues is being present with intention because what I'm trying to do is too much, too fast, multitasking, and I'm kind of forgetting what's in front of my face. Yes. And the fact that he could think instantly about what property that's out there and how it's a perfect fit and how we could solve the problem for someone who is the, you know, one of the most challenging individuals to probably even have a conversation with, like to have the ability to have a conversation with is amazing. And right now, David, and this is, I've, I've noticed it when people ask me, what are some of your favorite episodes? You're like, tell me about trading series. I've never heard of it. Who have you had on? I'm like a fucking broken record. <laughs> this is who we are. We've had Kevin O'Leary. We've had Gary V. We had Rob Deerdeck. We had Molly Bloom. For some reason, 
reason, like those are the five episodes I say. We have had so many other people in such incredible conversations. But like Jason, know your business and know it better. And when you do things with intention, you just know your business better and it's going to give you better results. I love that. I, he said one thing that kind of hit me where he gave the example of like he a situation where you're right there, you're right in front of someone, you have an opportunity to convert a, a client or a customer or a, a relationship and your response is, let me look into something and I'll email you back. How many times have I done that to people? Like how many times have I been in that situation where I probably, if I could just be a little more present in the moment, give them the answer or things that they wanted to take away now, but I push it off and I push it off. And that just creates us being so busy in the moment and overwhelmed and eventually not getting the results that we want. I just thought that was and a things per- don't get done then. Yes, like when exactly. you, when you, when you're like, even when I do it now, I'll be like, all right, we'll talk about that ne- at next week's meeting. No, you're not making a fucking decision, Jason. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Make a decision. If we're talking about, hey, David, we're going to do this. Uh, no, no, no. Let's make a decision. And that's another thing for me, like in 2023 is like, no bullshit. This gray area, it doesn't work. It just prolongs and it muddies your water. The longer it takes you to make a decision, the more shit that ends up on that list that needs to get done. Yeah. I think when I tell people like, I'll get, to, let me, let me look into that. I'll go back to you next week is basically my way of saying like, I actually have no interest in making this happen. I'm just trying to be polite and and I don't have the answer for you right now. <laughs> Fair. Or it's like, I'm being lazy and I'm procrastinating. I don't want I don't have the mental capacity. I'll get to it in a minute. Correct. I got to ask you this though, because yeah. Curious Canadian, us little upstate New York boys, you, you had to be like, when she when he's like, all right, I got to find the perfect place because this is my reaction. I'm wondering if it was. Lady Gaga, it's got to be paparazzi proof. Like, did you also say like, wow, what a world that you're working with clients where like you have to have a paparazzi proof area? A little <laughs> bit, yeah. I just... It's just crazy. I just think that that whole LA lifestyle is a little different. I would hate for that to like be a criteria in my home, but you know, you think it's one thing to like drive up in there, but you're, he said it the best, like having to lay out on your pool and worry about people taking pictures, pictures of you or, or walking the dog, even on your own property and people taking pictures of you. Uh, definitely not something that I would like to have to worry about in a house, especially when I'm shelling out 130 schmills. Which is right. Uh, the o- the only like sliver of the worlds I've seen that I can like somehow connected to that was at Wells and Sarah Highland's wedding. There was a guy who dressed up in a fake tuxedo and he like jumped through to get in and he was yeah. paparazzi. And then there was also a helicopter that flew over but getting that, video. But that's even during a wedding. I get that. We're talking about like Tuesday, just March yeah, 12th, yeah, true. 4 Having PM. a margarita on your back <laughs> on the like day off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. One, uh, one, one theme that just kept, kept coming up over and over and over again that I kind of wanted to touch on and just talk about it a little bit was the term sphere of influence. And I've heard of like, you know, the five people you choose to be around or reflection of yourself and things like that. But I haven't really heard the term sphere of influence. And I think there's something to it. And I kind of want to get your take and just banter about it a little bit, but I think well, when you heard sphere of influence, how did you immediately connect that to you and your life and, 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 you know, your sphere of influence or what you appear your sphere influence to be? I'm really glad you asked me about this because anyone listening right now, stop and get locked back in. Like you're dozing off or maybe you're, you know, you're, you're going for a run and you're listening to this in the background, whatever it is. I need you to stop and get focused here because when he says sphere of influence, this is the number one most important thing when it comes to growth. It is huge. So in the banking world, we called it COI, center of influence. It's people that are, you are connected to 
in your space that are connected to others that can make introductions. It is extremely hard to cold call. It's extremely hard to cold call. You know, it's not extremely hard. Me saying, hey, David, I know that you and I are good friends and I know you trust me. And I know that that hockey, and I'm doing the work. I'm not putting it on David. I know that that hockey organization that you uh, run and work for is run by the family who owns the Wegmans. And I know the gentleman who runs it. And this is his email. And I know that he's the president of this division. And here's a product that I have. And I'm going to put the entire thing together for you, David. It's going to be grammar-proof, perfect, solid, less than one page. It won't be annoying. I won't ask for anything. David, all I'm asking is I know you're connected to him. Can you literally just put his email in and press send and see if he has any interest? That's working your sphere of influence. I like that. And today I got a message from someone recently. They're just struggling with performance and struggling with performance when it comes to driving numbers. I was talking to someone else that's in the consulting world. Your actual performance has such a, when you're going for your annual reviews, it actually has such a little impact. What's crazy is on your success. The two things that have a greater impact and percentage of your success are your exposure and your image. And your image is your brand, your exposure is your center of influence and your, your sphere of influence. It is everything in 2023. Everything. I think it's such, I like how you kind of separated it out from, you know, when I, like I said before, when I think sphere of influence, I think like the five friends that I, you know, choose to spend most of my time with is a reflection on myself and my goals. The sphere of influence isn't necessarily your friends. This is your professional life. So you should still have the, you know, five friends or reflection of yourself, but sphere of influence really goes into Okay, now I'm how am I going to use this sphere of influence that I've created that have value that I can also provide value to to better off my work and my career situation. So I liked how you kind of broke that down between the two. Can I also challenge us too? Yeah. We have a few minutes. This whole like the whole like, oh, you're the net income of your five friends and like da 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 da. I I I don't know. I, I I think that like part of like if I think about like all of our friend groups and our different group chats we're on and like the people we hang out with. To me, it's like, I think some of the common denominators are, one, our interest in what we want to do, like for our hobbies and free time. We have very similar interests. We all get along so well. But I think more importantly, with the people that I'm like that close with, the most reflective thing I think is like what we prioritize in life, what we think is important, for the most part, our like character. And I don't know that it's like, what you do or what you want to make. And that dictates you. And I don't know that I want to be surrounded by five other friends that are identical or similar to me that do the same thing and want the same thing. And I don't know. But I think that that's why it's perfect. I think your friends shouldn't be a reflection of your, your career aspirations, especially like industry or metrics or goals. Like your friend. What is that? What is that like saying that old adage? Like, you'll be as successful as your friends or something, right? Well, I think the adage is like your five friends are, are a reflection of okay. of you, a reflection of you of um, you know, what your what your personal goals are, your relationship goals, your communication goals, your physical goals, your you know, I think that that like your moral goals, your character, I think those are all the things that keep making sure that you're surrounded by people who, you know, if your reputation was based off their reputation, would you still want to be around them? 
Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And I think your sphere of influence is all what you make of it. Like, I think a lot of people will be like, your net worth is your network, which I understand that mm -hmm. point. But the point is, is like, you could be connected to a lot of people that do big things and not do shit with it. You have to be intentional, which is what Mauricio yes. has done his whole life and thoughtful and reciprocating. And so those are some of my big takeaways. Uh, as we wrap up here, David, anything else? Well, any other questions? Mauricio, a little burp there for my boy <laughs> that made me take a breather. But anything else you got? Mauricio is another proof. Like you don't need to be spewing numbers up and down the sheet to be able to uh, have a good episode. But he did say we have a task, some some math task. Is you ask him his two biggest sales were in the hundred thirty million dollar range. Yeah, I just love these houses. They're big and they're awesome. Uh, I loved when he said that. <laughs> he said he doesn't discount his commission. So in a non discounted commission is around four percent, and you share it with both sides. I both sides I assume mean the buying and the selling agent. Um, so four percent off one thirty mil. Some quick math there, Jay. You got it for me. That's going to be $5.2 million. So if the 4% is 5.2, if they split that, obviously $2.6 million. Yeah. That's from one sale. 2.6 from one sale. He said he had two of those. I mean, $16 billion in sales in 2021. <laughs> like he said, all he cares about is uh, the commissions on that. That's all the people in their industry care about. So at home, you get an idea, 4%. Both If it goes both ways, $16 billion, uh, maybe a little homework for you at home to... Uh, figure that number out. But just, uh, you know, I, I just think real estate is the one thing we can talk stocks, we can talk investments. I think real estate's the one thing that always piques people's interests. I think the demographic of this podcast is a majority of homeowners are people who are looking to enter the homeowning market. Um, you know, some really, really interesting advice there, especially the ones on like, you can always refinance, you know, the, the buying price is the buying price. Don't work to worry too much about the uh, um, interest rates because you can always refinance. So I thought that was an interesting tip as well. I love it. That is good stuff. And guys, if you're interested in real estate, just wait, right? This is a good episode. But in two weeks from now, we have Brian Page come on. Now, people think real estate, you got to have capital, you got to have money. Brian Page is going to show you a system any one of you guys can use and make money off real estate, actually other people's real estate. And it's no bullshit. I don't have people that are bullshit. I don't have MLMs. I don't do that stuff on this podcast. These are legitimate people with brilliant ideas. So that's in two weeks. And in next week, it's the Bachelor premiere. So we we got to bring someone on from the franchise and I would make, uh, I'd make the argument. He is one of the, uh, one of the savviest business people that is from the franchise. That person you'll see next week. So make sure to subscribe, make sure to follow on Instagram trading secrets podcast. And please in the comments, give us five stars and let us know who you guys want on this show. Additionally, not only who you want, but let us know what subjects we should cover. We have a couple new segments we're going to be implementing where you can learn even more from this show. So what segments you want, who we should have on. And I'm looking right now, Lars Elizabeth, thank you for the review. H.A.P. Wisco, thank you for the review. Caro Jopi, thank you for the review. Picked Off, thank you for the review. Those five stars are appreciated. We will see you next week. And we hope this episode with Mauricio was another episode of Trading Secrets, one you couldn't afford to miss.
please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.